Hey guys, it's John with the John Olson podcast. Gosh, I'm still not getting that date, the the name right. Anyway, I'm here with my buddies from uh, Copper Collar. We got Scott and Jason. Hello, Say hello. good morning, gents. Good morning. Glad to be here. Yep. Awesome. Well, I uh, ran into you guys. I run into you at all the CNT events, and we ran into each other at the Beer Garden in Beards and Spirits Garden. We should rename it. Right. Yeah. At the street fair recently. Mm-hmm. And um, it's great to see you guys um, without alcohol in my hand. So. I suppose so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are times when alcohol is actually not appropriate. So, um, well, What time is it right now? It's 10.08. Yeah. 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 Probably not now, but. It could be. It could oh. be. It could I feel be. like I disagree because there's people somewhere at a breakfast place right now having mimosas. Oh, good call. That makes it okay, I guess, right? Yeah, that's that's right. Good call. We should have brought some so we could try it out in the coffee. That's yeah. right. Leave right. it to Jason to come up with the bright sides. Yes, <laughs> yes. Some East County coffee. We could we could have called it. So you guys uh, have a little distillery in town? Yes, yes sir. sir. Been around for a few years. Mm-hmm. So About six now, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. 2016 is when we opened to the public. Uh, we first... June, right? It was June. Yeah, June or July of 2016. Oh. Well, congratulations on your sixth anniversary. Oh, thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So um, how long have you been distilling? You've been just doing the stuff in the bathtub? or I mean, how long have you been doing it that you can talk about on air? Well, it's, uh, it's illegal to distill spirits at home unless you have some kind of license for making fuel alcohol, I think is the only one. Um, so it really just kind of, you know, Mentoring under somebody would be the best way. Gotcha. To do it. Okay. Gotcha. So let me see if I get this straight. So you're dealing with um, explosives, and you can't practice at home, but you can open a business. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Cool. Absolutely. That, that totally you just have to write sense. the check, and people. You know, okay. And then they let you in. Yeah. Let you yeah in. They let the check clear after three or four months of holding it <laughs> downtown somewhere, right? Correct. Yeah, but you can't go between twelve and one to the ABC office because they close for lunch. Exactly. That and is exactly right. don't rattle the door at 1259 because, man, they get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're cool folks down there. Yeah. They need to have a drink once they in a do. while. They do. They absolutely so do. so uptight down there. Oh, and believe me, they do come into the distillery every now and again, but they just don't announce it. Oh, yes. really? Oh, good, good. <laughs> do they test it or taste it or just walk around and make sure you're compliant? They absolutely taste it and they test it. Um, oh, good. They'll come in to make sure you're following all the regulations and doing things like you're supposed to, and then they'll just casually walk right out. So. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So they have to, I guess they have to have government regulation on just about anything. I suppose so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so you guys opened in town. You, yes. um, yep. it's a, you licensed in 2015 or something like that? It took a while to open? or So, yeah, we did um, actually establish as an LLC back in 2015. Okay. It, it takes about a year and a half, maybe around a year if you're lucky, to actually get through the full licensing process because it just kind of starts with you got to get a space, you got to get the still, you got to get your business license, get get your insurance, get the state to approve it. And so you're get the federal all front-loaded. Completely from and just sitting there waiting for the bureaucrats to get to your paper on the stack. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, you know, because you're business people, you're right. independently wealthy. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you and Elon Musk are on the same level, exactly. right there. Just talked yeah. to him yesterday. Awesome. Nope. Good deal. <laughs> okay. So then um, you get open, right? Yes. And you, I'm assuming you have some spirits when you open, or do you open and then you have to distill it and do whatever you do? So we were able to start producing after we've got the state license okay and we had to wait for federal license to come through before it was able to be sold so during that process is when we started to uh, continue development of our first product which we released our vodka was the, when we opened up as we were, we were just in this empty building or space with um a 
kind of mediocre put together bar and one product, you know, nice. sit, sitting there. Going, okay, we open the doors. Where are they? <laughs> right. Yeah. We got a little thing of orange juice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A cranberry yeah, it, juice. It, yeah. And it was hilarious too, because the people who did actually find out about us at that time would come in and they'd look around and there's just these blue barrels and a still and then the two of us and they're like, what is this place? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We've grown a lot since then. Awesome. So even still when people would like, I remember the first time that somebody actually did show up, I was kind of like, how did you find us? Like, you know, <laughs> like I barely know we're here. You know? Yeah. You have to keep uh, Google maps to get to where you go to work. Right. So how often do you guys uh, go into the office? Do you distill or the shop do you distill every day? Is it some, one of those kind of things or you, you mix it up and let it sit for a while. So it's, um, Typically, we're, we're there. We're open Saturdays, one to seven. And I'll get there early, depending upon what I need to do production wise. Um, if the situation calls for it, I can go in at any point. But just we have so much product just kind of already mm-hmm. um, that the still doesn't need to run constant, constantly. Um, the idea uh, in the future is to get to a point where we are there full time. Sure. So. Okay. And so when you're distilling spirits, mm-hmm. is it's an all day thing? Yeah. So Couple it depends days? on what you're making. Um, <clears throat> so with the vodka, the run is typically uh, eight to 10 hours. Um, okay. Most of that is just the still heating itself up, you know, and then once it gets rolling, it's, it's pretty quick after that. Okay. Um, you know, we're looking at moving to a different facility because where we currently are, we're not able to take advantage of the power. Like we're, we're basically out of power. So I can't get this still to produce faster. Oh, and so you have electricity only no gas. Correct. Right. Right. Oh yeah. East yeah County. It's, it's 110 power, single phase mm-hmm. aluminum wiring. It's cool. Just totally not sufficient for the type uh-huh. of application that we have. Good deal. Well, that's, that sounds totally safe. <laughs> <laughs> and since we're kind of operating uh, the business on a budget itself, um, going with electric, you know, simpler than having to go through. Because if you want to do like steam jacketed anything, now mm-hmm. you're talking about other permits that need to go into place. You're going to have a steam boiler, you know? Yeah. And then the one that they have at the old Twisted Manzanita place is probably a little big for you guys to jump into. It, it is. Yeah, Absolutely. We, we took a look at that and they, they needed a lot more money than we can put down per month to to kind of cover all of that. Because this is like a pet project, right? Absolutely. I yes. mean, this is kind of like your version of a hot rod. You kind of go in, tweak a little bit. Everybody goes, hey, that looks bitch. And you're like, yeah, but you know what? I got to I gotta rub this fender out. Because it, it's, that's yeah. exactly where we're at. Yeah. And, and, and we're ready to get past that. But, you know, the, the huge hurdle is going from having a day job that's actually paying the bills to a hobby that's doing very well. Mm-hmm. But it's probably not really prepared to start paying the bills, especially here in California where it's expensive to live right now yeah well you know this is uh the difference between a hobbyist and an entrepreneur right right, right. and that's where you have to kind of go you know what i'm gonna jump exactly yep yeah right. and uh, not saying that you should anytime soon but it looks like you guys want to uh, like, we, yeah. we do i mean mm-hmm. i guess i don't know if you, i would say that we've been uh slow to get where we are um but it was also uh, a necessary evil because we've learned a lot along the way i mean when I, so I came up with the idea to start it, you know, history, me and Scott were stationed together, uh, both as Navy divers and he had exited the Navy about a year prior to me. And then I just kind of called him. I was a year left before getting out and I kind of called him. We'd always used to hang out at work and just talk like entrepreneurial just type stuff. And sure. I came up with this, 
incredible money-making idea. And I <laughs> called Scott and I said, oh my gosh, we should open up a distillery. There's probably nothing like that around here. It's probably more profitable just to buy a boat. Right? <laughs> Let's buy a boat. Yeah. That's, that's going to be profitable. We'll spend <laughs> every right. penny. Yeah. I'll keep it so, <laughs> yeah, so it was just kind of like, you know, well, sure, why not? You know, and uh, I've heard Scott you know, explain to many customers who come in and just want to know the same thing. Like, how did you guys get started? Did you, did you know a lot about it? And uh, I love this answer every time is uh, we didn't know anything about this and thank God that we didn't because we may not have done it. No, yeah. No, 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 we wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Once you look at all the red tape and all oh, the sure. stuff that's And it's not the distilling industry. part. Right. No, the that's the easy part. part right. Yeah. 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 Once you get the knack of distilling and Jason's got that down, he's got an amazing palate for it. He's got it all figured out, dialed in. It's just getting past the government regulation and and all the red tape that comes with this industry. It it's overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing to do is to just dive right in, learn as you go, mm-hmm. because the government's not going to come after a small person because you're not making any revenue for them yet. Right. Once you start producing and you start bringing in those checks, they might say, "Let's go take a look and see what these guys are up to." Yeah. Typically, yeah. how it goes. And yeah. that's how the actually the products developed themselves too. The same way I I got to a point where I was like trying to read everything I could, watch any kind of video, and it, it that information becomes overwhelming. Where it's just like just fill this still up and turn it on. <laughs> yeah, and, and, at the end at the end of the day, you just have mm-hmm. to have the the gonads just to do yeah. it. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's the the stressful part, like um, on, on my end of developing a new product too, is if you look at the volume of you know, where you're starting, you know, so if we're doing a 330 gallon fermentation, we have to put that together and if you screw it up, that's a lot of money wasted. Sure. The nice part about distilling is that it's very forgiving. So if something comes out wrong on the still, you add a little more soda to it, put it back in, you know, (laughs) put it back in and run it through again, you know, very cool. So as a matter of fact, like, you know, for our gin recipe, uh, there'll be times that, well, there has been times where, um, I've actually ran it through the still, multiple times because I wasn't quite getting the flavor profiles that, that we wanted, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what's nice. Okay. Put it back in, add a little more of this and you know, you just keep doing that until you say, Oh yeah, this is good. Okay. So I'm kind of familiar with how brewing works, right? You, you make a mash and, and then you get all the sugars um, floating in the, in that goo. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you move that over, you get, all the big chunks out and move everything else over and throw some yeast in there and get that rolling. Mm-hmm. And then you throw that in a fermenter and the yeast eat up all the sugar and they burp out carbon dioxide or right. Yep. And then mm-hmm. they, and then they, and then, they pee out alcohol. That's absolutely that's right. right. Yep. And then you filter that out after a few weeks, if you right, several days or right. put that in a keg and there you go. Well, the big difference between us and that is they have to keep their product pure because they're going to drink that final product. Uh, so you want to make sure it's not exposed to any bacterias that can kind of float in from the air or anything with us. doesn't matter as much. Yeah. Okay. So but you guys can burn it. You burn it off. Yeah. So it's boiled. Yeah. Once, once you make your beer essentially, okay, well for a beer drinker, you're drinking that. So any um, bad bacteria that gets in the mix and shit makes the flavor bad, you know, that's what they're worried about us. We don't cause we're just trying to boil the alcohol out of that, you know, uh, so as a matter of fact, it's, uh, I, so you guys it, are like the shotgun and the beer guys are like snipers. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty a good much. analogy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and and really there's, there's aspects of the way that we do fermentation where we want it uh, exposed to the atmosphere, you know, it right. makes a really good complete fermentation and 
know, cause you can pitch your yeast in there, but then anything else that kind of like floats by there and it, it, it all just triggers it. And then, mm-hmm. um, like I said, you just distill it out and make something awesome. Okay. So you get this liquid, mm-hmm. right. That has, um, now, and you, you boil it and then, then the alcohol steams off because it has a lower boil temperature. Correct. Than, yes. Gotcha. And then that's why it drips. Cause mm-hmm. then it goes to the little coily things. And yep. That's exactly it. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you collect that yeah. and right. then you get this like hundred percent pure. Well, it depends on what we're doing. Like, okay. so uh, for different products, like for, you know, the vodka, you want it coming off like 91% alcohol. Okay. Uh, whereas like the rum, you know, when, to get the flavor profile that I like, I'm pulling it like, you know, 160 proof, you know? So, okay. And then do you age it? Uh, so we do have a, a, an aged, uh, we have a barrel aged rum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with, it's our silver rum recipe. And then we just take some of it, put it in the barrel sure. and let it go to sleep for as long as necessary. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So most of the stuff comes out clear. Everything comes out clear. Everything comes out clear. And then it gets the color because of the barrels or whatever you uh, add to the yes, resting period. What do you call that resting period? It's barrel aging. Barrel resting aging. is a completely different process. Oh, yeah. sorry. Well, it's, Anything that's not going to go into a barrel is is either going to be temporarily rested in a barrel or it's just going to be like sitting because if it goes into like a glass carboy or something, it's technically not going to be aging. Aging is only done in barrels. Oh, okay, gotcha. So you can get color from caramelization, different things like that, but we don't we don't actually do any of that. Okay, gotcha. And so, how long does it, your stuff usually age? A few months. So our first um, barrel that we released was um, fifteen months. Okay, and then. Um, when I got introduced to the uh, the world, uh, we had other barrels that were still aging, and uh, we was like, "Yeah, hey, we'll just leave the rum in there until we need more." And it ended up being that we released a three year old um, barrel aged rum too, and both the products were amazing. It's just a little bit different, so we just kind of kept that going. Like, all right, we'll fill does barrels it and get sweeter. Does it get? It uh, does. Yeah. Okay, a little darker. Absolutely. A little okay. darker, yeah. If you like look at the 15 month as opposed to the three year, there is a definite, you know, difference. And then it's really kind of hard to like pinpoint, okay, this is what it's going to taste like at this age. And this was going to take it like at this age because one, each barrel is different. And then, you know, just the, the impact that the weather has on just the barrel, uh, it, it changes it. So it's, you know, kind of like why, you know, if you think all the bourbon places that are in Kentucky, you know, what's the environment like over there? It's, cold in the wintertime and it's hot and muggy in the summertime and that causes just the barrel to flex you know gotcha so um, it lets some out some more out uh, and then they mm-hmm. gets tighter during the, the colder times and right so, okay yeah it's kind of weird stuff it's science yeah it is yeah, yeah. that's why you, you you know we we check our barrels to see how the, the spirit's coming along because you know like i said it's all gonna be different and the way we're doing things too it's all small batch style right so it's okay that this barrel aged bottle of rum doesn't taste the same as this one. That's, you know, right. That's you're, the, you're not buying it at BevMo where right. you're expecting every bottle you open to taste exactly the same. Right. Correct. Right. And you're not doing that whole big giant batch where you got, I don't know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands yeah, of bottles coming out. Right. And so that you can have those um, unique flavor, flavor profiles based on which batch. Yes. That comes out. And and more particularly just the, the barrel itself. Like this the spirit itself, especially as far as the rum goes, right? It's all pretty much tastes the same. That coming off the still is very easy to get consistent. It's just going from barrel to barrel is what makes it different. Okay. 
And so what kind of barrels do you use? So they are um, American white oak. Okay. And there is a, a, a char inside. Uh, char level three is what we purchased. I think. Uh, so they come pre-charred? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's probably another uh, certification you need to have. A, <laughs> no, no. Okay. No, just, just being a smart ass. Yeah. They come yeah. stamped yeah. from the manufacturer. You can, yeah. you can get them whatever char level you want. Yeah. And th- cool. those char levels, um, like there'll be a, a chart that actually kind of tells you the flavor profiles that will come out of uh, certain levels of char. So that kind of helps you like, okay, well, ooh, I, want, I want that flavor profile. So, okay, we'll get Very that cool. barrel. Okay. So in, in beer, a lot of times what uh, they'll do is they'll get like a banana flavor or a fruity flavor because that's the wheat they're using mm-hmm. that creates that kind of, what kind of, since you're burning all of that off when you distill, does, does that matter as much? Um, it does. So the yeast itself actually can create um, flavor profiles in the final uh, distilled spirit itself. Um, and then it also comes down to how you distill it. So, um, like I said, if I'm doing my vodka recipe, then it's coming off the still at a higher proof than the rum. Okay. Okay. So, and that's how we pick the flavor profile that we go off. Okay. Well, like, so if I'm doing the rum, okay, let's try to pull the rum off at 180 proof. It's like, okay, this, there's not a, like, it's starting to taste too much like a vodka at that point. Right. So then you start dropping the proof down and eventually it's like, oh, you hit this spot where, Oh, I, I get some of the molasses to taste that was from the original fermentation. And then I want that flavor profile to stick. So then you spend the rest of the run chasing that flavor profile. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. And is that a chemical thing you can measure? Like with uh, those little droppers that test. So as the still runs, I have a hydrometer. Just it is constantly like monitoring the proof. It's coming Thank out. you for putting it in English. The dropper thingy. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the dropper thingy. <laughs> yeah, well, I was thinking about car batteries back in the day. Oh, oh right. Yeah. yeah. And what, Use we're, the turkey baster. <laughs> <laughs> and we're using just the, the, the hydrometer that floats. There's more sophisticated equipment that basically it's kind of like an eyedropper thingy, but like you suck it up and then there's a digital readout of like, oh, here's everything that's going on. So, Oh, okay. Cool. Those are a little pricey. We're eventually going to get one of those. Hey, well, this is craft. Yes. Right. right. So we have to trust your judgment and Absolutely. your skill level. Right. Absolutely. Yes. That's the best way to do it, you know, because you, yeah. you get to learn a lot more intimately when you have to deal with all this antiquated equipment versus using these more advanced technological devices, which are very helpful. I well, will be a, very honest. A wonderful metaphor for uh, today's life, right? right? we got all of these um, younger folks that have all of the information at their fingertips. And for some reason, they think that they have the same experience level. Right? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Right. I mean, it's happened since, you know, the beginning of time. Sure. But now it's just, they're younger and younger, right? They used to be like entering the workforce thinking that now they're 10, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Thinking that, oh yeah, I'm just the smartest dad. I can find it in two seconds. <laughs> Access yeah. to information is, is overwhelming right now. Yeah. It's true. crazy. So, so you guys are able to um, sell your spirits out of your tasting room? Yes. Just on Saturdays. Right. For six hours. That's exactly it right now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. And, and. How often do people come in? Do you have regulars or like a- we do? We do have we do have regulars. As as a matter of fact, there's a lot of um, people that have been with us since we even just started um, coming to see anytime a new product uh, comes out. And then we'll also get people that just happen to look us up, you know, because they're looking for a local distillery in the area and they come and, and they find us. So gotcha. Um, so you have a Facebook page. We do. Yeah, yes. Facebook, Instagram. Okay. A regularly. website even? Do you even go old school have a website? We do. We have a website. It kind of gives a little bit of the ins and outs about us. Uh, okay. It's a little more general information, um, but we are honing it in to where it's going to actually have 
links to our Instagram. It's going to have links to our Facebook. Okay. Uh, probably start a YouTube channel eventually. Okay. Very cool. Sky's the limit. Sky's yeah. the limit, right? <laughs> right. Right. For 1200 bucks, you can be your own podcaster. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, what are some exciting things that you guys see in the future? I mean, um, moving somewhere in town yes, or outside of town. Yeah. That's a, that's a necessary step in okay. order for us to take this and make it into like a full run job for us. We're going to have to get someplace where the power supply is going to, is actually going to meet our needs because okay. right now we're, we're, it's just not viable. Is there any opportunity for you to uh, work with another distiller? You come in, use their downtime, distill your spirits, throw in some drums, take it back to the shop, do what you got to do with it there? So, yes, we could, but that would mean we would need to drop our craft distillery license and we would essentially just get a like a distributor's license. Oh, yeah, that's right, because so, you can't transport the alcohol, blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 so blah, blah. Technically, they would be making our spirit, even though it would probably be Jason working as a contractor sure. on the still and then we could actually distribute our own spirit. Um, but that's just kind of one of the decisions that we have to make. Yeah. The Cause in the beer world, they do a lot of collaboration, right? Beer so, and wine world is a lot uh, easier to deal with than distilled sure. spirits. Yeah. So that's, that makes okay. it a little tricky. Yes. Because we have all these laws left over from, from prohibition. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. And it's just a, it's a funny thing to kind of watch and, and it's like, you know, I can't sell my product because why? But you got dispensaries all over the place now. Like this is something that was illegal like a long time ago. Yeah. Not, no, not too long ago. And yeah, just recently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, it's, um, yeah. Lobbying. Well, you know, there's probably not a big distilled spirits lobby. Uh, big yeah. enough. Right. Exactly. Right? Cause the big guys don't want you guys to be able to do it. Cause you're going to sneak into their. I mean, they're going to spill more in a day than you guys make in a year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the absolute truth. Yeah. Every time they, every time they fill bottles, they're spilling our annual production. I'm sure. Exactly. It's gotta be. It, it, you know, the filling line when they just let it go into the sewer. Right. right? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, that's, that's the crazy thing about this industry. It's uh, the lobby is so powerful. And they saw what happened with the craft craft beer industry. Sure. Somebody, I I'm not too big into conspiracy theories, but I do understand human nature. They're seeing that and they're thinking, let's kind of watch this industry and see how this is going and everything. So, you know, you have distributors who employ a lot of people and you have these large alcohol companies that employ a lot of people. Right. And they want to be careful about seeing the way the market is going to go. So they're going to watch it carefully. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So you guys don't live in town, right? Right. No. Right. So Jason, you live northern part of the East County. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and Scott, you live in the, the southern part of East County. I do. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys send, uh, settle in Santee? Uh, well, actually, it was uh, at the time, you know, uh, if you go back and think about how long we have to sit there paying for rent on a space. Sure. Before we can actually produce or sell anything, it really came down to cost. Okay. So you found a place that was affordable. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like in the middle ish. That, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. It was yeah. right in the, between the two of us. Uh, it was $900 a month for the rent, which was totally affordable at the time. So. Sure. It's only four fifty a piece. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And we thought, sure, we can cover this bill, get a good start. And then, Hey, no problem. We'll just pick up and move whenever the ball gets rolling. And here we are. Here you are. Six <laughs> years later. Mm-hmm. Six years later. Right. Very cool. So, um, how many different types of, of spirits do you have or, or bottles that you have available for people to different flavors? Five. Or? It is five. So we have, okay. we have our, our vodka, our silver rum, our barrel aged rum, our gin, and we also have a, a star anise infused vodka. Okay. Very cool. 
Awesome. So, and you'll be open this Saturday. Yes, sir. And what's your address? 8733 North Magnolia Avenue. We're in suite 126. Okay. You're behind Sarah's Allegiance Heating and Air in that zone? Right next door. Yeah. You're right next door? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. You know, the, the old Vase motorcycles used to be in that same, the brown building. It's two, yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like way back in the day when I was a kid. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. So um, do you guys have anything else you want to tell anybody about? Do you have any events coming up or you have like a Father's Day special? Uh, so yeah, we are running 10% off on all of our bottles right now. Okay. Uh, come on in and in the, let's see the last Saturday of the month, we're still doing 20% off on our vodka. Okay. I think I'd like to see that be a full time thing for the near future though. Um, but yeah, right now uh, you can also go catch us on Groupon, get a deal on uh, tasting and a glassware. Okay. So we do have a few little options going on right now. Awesome. I, but- I would suggest to anybody who listens that, um, if they, Watch us on uh, Facebook or the Instagram. Um, anytime that we are putting something together new, that's like the best place to see it. Okay. I gotcha. That's a little easier than calling the web person to sure. right, uh, yeah. crank that out and change that code. Yep. Very cool. All right. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you guys soon. I'm trying to think what I got going on on Saturday. Saturday's the 18th, right? I think so. Sounds good. Yeah, sure. What's today? Yeah. Today's the 14th or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I got a gun prom. You guys going to gun prom? No, didn't even hear about it. Yeah. Oh, the San Diego County Gun Owners has their annual dinner and it happens to be around prom season. So they call it gun prom. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah. So Michael Swartz, who's the San Diego County Gun Owners uh, uh, CEO or uh-huh. chairman or whatever he is. Yeah. He's, um, it's a pretty cool event. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we could uh, make a connection there. And, and uh, you, I don't know if you guys are Second Amendment guys. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if you're aware, but on occasion, Second Amendment folks like to enjoy some spirits. So <laughs> huh. How about we, that? Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine? <laughs> yeah. That's how I got started in this business. That's right. <laughs> well, it's really interesting to see that you guys aren't like the people on the Discovery Channel. You're not wearing ball caps. You don't have a beard that looks like ZZ Top. Right. Um, nobody's wearing flannel. That's actually Jason's inspiration. To get into this. Oh, yes. He was watching Moonshiners and he thought, if these guys can do it, why can't we? Well, the bar is set pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear they actually make some pretty spectacular spirits, some yeah. of those guys. Yeah. And, and they have to be smart as a whip. If they're not able to do that, then they would, uh, natural selection would take care of them. It, right. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of that stuff is also like passed down, you know, generation wise. I grew up in that area. So I've been sure. around it. And uh, like Scott said, some of those guys, it's amazing what they can crank out, you know. Um, and you sit around and have a rum and coke and watch that TV show, and you start getting bold, <laughs> and then you call your your friend up and convince him to do the same thing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so it's your fault. Yeah, it's my fault. It awesome. It's his fault. <laughs> Good deal. Well, guys, thanks for coming on. We'll look forward to uh, running into you this Saturday. Maybe we can uh, get some folks over there. So when you go to the tasting room, it's kind of like, do you get little little tiny shots, or do you mix a drink? What do you do? Yes. So we're we're limited to an ounce and a half per person per day. So you come in, you can get a tasting, and you can pretty much run through the lineup of the five spirits at a quarter ounce each. Okay, so you, get a little, you can get a little flight. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you can follow up with your favorite one as the sixth since you know, yeah, okay. split it up six ways. So. Okay. And then you can buy it from you there. You Absolutely. guys, I'm sure you take cash and Venmo and all of those credit yep. cards and 
ammo, all that stuff. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Especially nowadays, yes. Yes. Okay. Good deal. Well, thanks a lot for coming in, guys. It's really a pleasure to meet you guys and, and have a, a, a nice, sobering conversation. Thanks, so I, every time I meet you guys, you guys are sober, and I'm <laughs> at the other end of the, hey, look, you got to try this. Awesome. Thanks, guys. It's uh, great to see you, and uh, we'll see you uh, hopefully this Saturday. All right. Thanks, thank John. you. Okay. Take it easy, guys. You too.